Welcome to the last Wednesday of the week, the multi-tool of sports podcasts. We bring you highlights of the week in sport, pick up some bigger topics in our meaty middles and give our picks for the week ahead. Join myself, Dan, and co-host Simon and Ben on this, the last Wednesday of the week. On this week's show, Ben rounds up the Premier League for us, Simon grills me on the podcast content so far, and I talk about Bottas's nut. Yes, here we are, gents. Once again, we've all made it. Well done. Give yourselves a pat on the back to the last Wednesday of the week. Ben Simon, another mega week in sport. How are you both? Tremendous. Are Loving you? life. <sighs> yeah, You're okay. going high, Ben. You're going unbelievable, tremendous. Like uh, They're going to start ha- not having much meaning. I Every, every week is tremendous because there's so much sport, it's hard to keep up. But it was, uh, it was, a, it was a momentous weekend. <laughs> And you know, one of the things I read this week was of all the things that you could die from as a human, you didn't die from any of them. So well done. Congratulations. Oh, um, Same you. for you as well, Cy, si, probably. Thanks, Are mate. you alive? Are you alive? Well, I consider myself immortal anyway, so it's fine. I am immortal. I am immortal. <laughs> all right. Anyway, we're not here to uh, talk about mortality. Uh, we are here to talk about sport. And the week just gone, of course, um, brought us many highlights and some lowlights in sport. But let's talk about the highlights. Um, ben, let's start with you. What have you got for us this week? Definitely start with me. I'm going with golf. <laughs> uh, we highlights. Had the- highlights, Ben. <laughs> This was unbelievable, Dan. I mean, unbelievable highlight. Lefty won the PGA Championship. Uh, For those who don't know, Dan, Lefty is Phil Mickelson. Uh, He's a great U.S. golfer, uh, and he won at the PGA Championships uh, at Kiowa Island. Uh, It was actually the longest course in PGA history. Uh, Phil Mickelson, the real couple reasons this is special. One, because Phil Mickelson is loved on the tour. Always been loved by fans worldwide. He's he's just a looks like a standout guy, stand up guy. Uh, and secondly, uh, he's fif- nearly fifty one years old. Is, so is he, that old in golf years? He's broken the record for the oldest major winner. Okay, so I mean, incredible. Bear in mind, you know, Nick Klaus, uh, Gary Player, people like this that played and uh, successfully into their forties, uh, and also because it was a long course. Um, there was a bit of controversy at the end. He came up the 18th fairway with his playing partner, Brooks Krepka, who finished second, uh, who was a bit miserable this weekend. He's known for kind of keeping, being very reserved, but uh, misery goods, maybe because he came second and didn't win the tournament. But he's just come back from injury, and they got mobbed up the 18th fairway by fans, actual humans at sporting event. It was unbelievable to watch, and they had to kind of put security back. Uh, Kwepka said he didn't enjoy it because uh, his he had knee surgery two months ago, and apparently he got kicked a couple times <laughs> accidentally. <laughs> not not like aggressively, but just because they were just clamoring to get uh, Mickelson. Uh, so yeah, become the oldest manager, uh, oldest winner in major history. Rather, uh, he he put it down to meditation. So he's been practicing meditation to allow himself to concentrate longer. So uh, t- talk to me about the age thing. So 
um, long-time listeners of the show will know that I only really watch motorsport. And, and you know, unless you're a privateer or buying into, you know, some of the lower sort of level motorsport or some of the elite level motorsports as a gentleman racer, 30s is old. In, yeah. in, you know, in those. And so probably actually the same for football, isn't it, as well, to some extent. So what is it about golf? Because they just walk around the field, don't they? So oh, why yeah. why, <laughs> why is 51 so exceptional? Um, what is it about golf that means that that's now only just a, a new sort of ceiling, as it were, for age? Maybe, Si, oh. you're, you're a keen golfer. Maybe you can come. <laughs> I haven't played golf in years, but yes, I am a keen golfer. You've only golfer. got a few years left to get yeah. your major in. Exactly, yeah. I'm near, nearly 50 myself. No. So, um, yeah, I mean, it is less... Uh, maybe demanding in some regards to then you know football i mean going on what you're picking about what you were saying like basketball for example i mean there's guys who are like being told they're over the hill and they're like 30 31 years old i mean it's it's another level i mean so athletically yes you need i think you need to be able to and we've seen this recently one the last 20 odd years that golfers have, have changed and a lot of them have become more athletic and you've got like tiger woods revolution of you know muscular men who are you know able to hit the ball further and stuff rather than maybe 20 years before that where everyone was maybe just a little bit chubby and <laughs> everything like that so um yeah you've got a kind of a new level of it but yeah to get to nearly 50 is still good because i think that it's not just um you know, yes, you can go because of the um, athletic demands aren't as high, but the mental demands are really high. The injuries piling up. I mean, yes, the maybe they don't, um, you know, dunk basketballs and stuff, but they are playing three or four rounds of golf. You know, what you know, eighteen holes every day for three or four days, depending on on what course and what championship it is. And it's a very demanding thing over time. And you know, you're practicing every morning. You're playing the same swings. It can be quite demanding on your back and your knees and everything and yes yeah, so to get to 50 odd years old and and not to be on uh, put out to pasture is actually quite an achievement and you know um i was really surprised i have to be honest hands up you know full accountability i f- missed the first day i was a day out i looked on friday thinking it was about to start and it was already one whole uh, one uh one round gone so i was a little behind so i don't really didn't get into this one of the way i've got into previous ones but you know, I kept looking at the leaderboard, and Mickelson was at the top, and I was thinking, "Well, he's going to drop off. Sure, he's going to drop off." And you know, and credit to him, he held on there. Um, you know, and you're fantastic for the guy, really. And yeah, I said it's an amazing achievement to get to that age and and still be playing pretty good golf. Incredible golf, you know, and also this is his sixth major. It puts him uh, tie, it puts him level with Nick Faldo. Uh, he won it by a couple of shots. Uh, Louis Ustazen was doing really well, uh, but just kind of dropped off and Kwepka finished um, second. He's wildly loved. I don't know if I told this story on a previous podcast, uh, previous episode, but um, he hit a ball down a fairway about uh, 10 years ago uh, and it went right and he shouted four and it hit this man's watch and broke his watch. And obviously Mickelson went down there to see the ball and the guy was like, oh, I hit my watch, you know, it's cracked or whatever. So he took his Rolex off and gave it to the man. Nice. Um, you know, and it was just like this fantastic, just that was a 30 grand watch just being handed. I'm sure he got a free one the next day anyway, but it's still a lovely gesture. And that's the kind of guy this is. Secondly to that, you said you were watching him over the weekend. I said that Tony Finau might be a good shout for a pound or two. Uh, I won't divulge too much information, but uh, he, he did well for me this weekend, Phil Mickelson. So, so <laughs> Sai, I think um, you might have to hand over your in love with golf badge 
you got the timing wrong with diving into your yeah. watching of the majors. You might have to step down to an in like badge temporarily. It it, it <laughs> was only in like actually, but maybe I'll have to go to. Um, oh, oh no, it's the other way around. Occasionally entertain. Yes. Um, <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Occasionally so badge. yeah. All right. Well, um, speaking of athleticism and athletics. There it is. The segues are back. Benjamin, talk, all eyes are on the Olympics. Of course, this is a hugely dynamic situation with the Olympics. Um, Japan still going ahead. There's no two ways about it. Um, the public want it stopped. Um, you know, flights have been stopped to go over. You know, all this kind of stuff. There's 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 a lot of uncertainty. However, despite that, all eyes are on our athletic um, our athletes ahead of the Olympics in many of the. Um, games and tournaments heading up to that so what what are you seeing ben can you imagine the difficulty of trying to stay zoned in trying to stay focused trying to stay fit healthy not knowing if the tournament's going to go ahead or not not knowing if your travel arrangements are going to be kiboshed Uh, truly difficult for these and we've had a couple of outstanding performances from british athletes uh british female athletes uh especially this uh last couple of days only yesterday i believe uh so Dina Asher-Smith, who is a great shout for Britain in the hundred meter, uh, she she won she won a very very she she won a very very strong field. Okay, she uh, ran eleven point three five seconds, which is half a second off her best. But this was into a three point one meter per second headwind. Uh, she said it was like running into a, a brick wall. It was also in Gateshead uh, with driving rain into the eyes. Uh, and she beat the field. And not only that, she beat uh, Shakari Richardson, who's been unbeaten in two years. So it was a really impressive Dina Asher victory. Uh, she's also just lovely, a wonderful ambassador for sport and definitely going to be a pin-up for the British uh, athletic uh, sponsorships. Uh, Alongside that as well, Laura Muir, who won a very easy field by Laura's standards. She's one of the world leaders in the 1500. Um, She ran it over four minutes. It wasn't a fast run, um, but she can definitely be considered one of the favorites going into uh, Tokyo 2020 delayed and we just have to accept that these we have to get excited about these athlete, athletes and just accept that it's going to go ahead in a couple of months whether it does or not because we, we can't change that yeah. uh, but it's looking good we've got some fantastic athletes some great medal hopes right there and um, ben olympics 1992 where were they barcelona they were segway Oh my days! <laughs> I'm stood there like I mean we we could do uh, quizzes forever, but yeah. Uh, okay, so Liverpool <laughs> say goodbye. The problem with these segues, Dan, is I you have to continue deal to with speak that one. after. You also have to continue to unknow what you were going to talk about. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, so it's come out today that uh, Genie Vinaldum looks to sign a four-year contract with Barcelona. Uh, Barcelona have also signed Sergio Aguero and Eric Garcia on a free transfer. So Barcelona are doing some business in the free transfer market. Go for it, Simon. This is Barcelona that are nearly a billion dollars worth in, worth of debt. Yeah, this is a this is a Barcelona that are selling a couple of superstars and getting players in on a free. <laughs> okay, uh, but Genie van Aldem, he was signed in 2016 from Newcastle for 23 million. Um, he became an ever-present under Klopp. Yeah, the, the Klopp era will be known for Mohamed Salah, uh, Mane, and the Firmino triumvirate uh, with uh, you know the, the, the exciting fullbacks and, and a big strong core at the back. But 
Genie was an ever-present. He was playing 35, 36 games a season in the Premier League. Um, he's a box-to-box, so underrated. The guy never loses the ball, ever. He's such an unbelievable player. And, and uh, you know, following, obviously, a lot of my um, Liverpool fan uh, pages and friends and club legend is is not thrown around lightly except we do say it for Divyoko Rigi. Uh, but he is a club legend, Genie Van Allen. He's given his all for five years. And I really like when a player runs down a contract, honours a contract without getting the head turned. He said, he said last year to Klopp, listen, I want to move my family for my last big move. I'm 30 years old, so I'm going to play out my contract. We could have, we could have cashed in last year. We could have got 30 mil for him. But we knew how important he was. We've kept him in, and uh, he got a he got a, a plaque of the Wall of Champions. Had a um, kind of uh, farewell on the Anfield pitch, along with our kit man as well, who retired after uh, fifty years. Um, so yeah, well done to Genie. Good looking Barcelona. Wonderful segue. Signing contracts. Let's talk about contracts, Ben. Contracts have been signed amongst some big boxing talent, and it's causing problems. Yeah, uh, we, I wanted to discuss this because not so much because I have all of the information about it, but also I wanted can to. I, pick can I just? I'm just going to stop you there. Simon's look on his face is bewilderment or awe at just, what I've just achieved. It's just you're a machine. Okay. Uh, you're a machine. I'm going to. I'm going to start talking about subjects that you cannot segue into. I'm going to find something <laughs> truly bizarre to follow something else. Challenge accepted. I think Sorry, it's ben. important okay. that you don't basking glory for every segue and let the let the audience you, you put your arms up then like look at my greatness like it was just size face <laughs> it's, it's when he a, leaves and leaves his chair and goes for a, a, a lap of honor around his yeah. room okay, I, I won't do it every time but that was size face and the time before was because i had to fill the gap where you forgot to speak oh i see so yeah okay right. <laughs> so i'm gonna carry on uh fury AJ and Wilder, and now Alexander Usyk. <sighs> disgusted. I was disgusted it went to Saudi Arabia. I was disgusted when it was cancelled because Fury, uh, because Wilder said he wants to fight Fury. I was disgusted when they signed contracts. I was disgusted when AJ uh, had a social media attack on Fury, saying that he knew he had to fight Wilder and he was just trying to build up some kind of uh, f- uh, social media frenzy. Um, what a effing palaver! Mm. I mean, awful, really, really poor. Um, oh, I don't like any of it. But hey, I mean, we're going to see Fury versus Wilder three. I thought the first two were great. That's fantastic. AJ, who cares about AJ Usyk? That's just a that's a garbage fight. I'm not interested in that at all. This is not looking good on boxing, Simon. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm just surprised as well. I don't. Obviously, neither of us are totally plugged into the boxing scene, but I just wonder if, like, why would why was no one flagging this up before and saying, "Hang on, you know, Wilder's going to want his third fight"? Because, I mean, on Wilder's account, I mean, he's he's always going to want that purse. It's going to whatever the payoff he gets for you know stepping aside, the the money he'd get for a third fight with Fury is always going to be bigger. So. Um, yeah, I'm just surprised no one really flagged it up, you know, before we got excited. You said the words a couple episodes ago, cash grab, and we talk about it a lot. It's a cash grab from everyone involved, this is. It's a cash grab from Fury to fight Wilder. They could have paid him out. They talked about paying him out $8 million, and it was $20 million. You know, they, they could have paid him out at this fight, at, uh, had the AJ Fury fight in Wembley. It would have been a $100 million fight. You know, it's cash, cash grab, so they'll fight next year, and it just means they can make 30, 40 million this year and then go into next year and make 100 million. Uh, but 
listen, if it doesn't happen next year, do I want to see it? I mean, they're not getting any younger. So the big question is, and this kind of happened when uh, Joshua lost, um, what happens if either or both of them lose? We've we've missed out on the biggest heavyweight fight, maybe not of all time, because I mean the Rumble of the Jungle and all that sort of stuff, but you know, definitely in our age, in, in the last decade or so, definitely the biggest fight. And, you know, we might never see this fight because if once if um, Fury gets absolutely sparked out by Wilder or Usyk upsets the odds and, you know, and Joshua comes unstuck like he did before against Ruiz, you know, we may never have this fight. So I, as a, you know, as an occasional boxing fan, you know, a a fan of of the big fights and everything, you know, I feel slightly robbed that we may never get this fight at all. Yeah. And they've had uh, last uh, last week when they were doing the kind of release from COVID into the big events, there was, uh, I think, a 60,000 strong crowd. And I think something like 15 had um, uh, tested positive for COVID. So uh, it was a good example of they could have had 100,000 strong Wembley full in August and made this happen. Uh, it's a cash grab. I, I don't like it. And uh, yeah, the Fury, Fury versus Wilder, that, that's going to be a good fight. The first two were excellent boxing bouts uh but aj usik I, I i won't even tu- i won't i won't tune in i won't i won't pay for the box office personally big money big money in boxing and suffice to say the the boxers themselves don't have to work day jobs do they ben <laughs> no no they, yeah, they about don't the have FA, to work fa trophy final yeah these are these are sports people athletes you know that compete com- at quite highly competitive sport in football but they're working day jobs Yes, uh, not to say high level. So the FA Trophy seventh tier side Hornchurch uh, won the FA Trophy. They beat Hereford three one. Hereford have been, of course, in the four, the football league ninety two fairly recently. If I'm right, uh, maybe some viewers might shout at me if that is wrong. Uh, the FA Trophy is basically for semi professional teams. So there is an FA Amateur Trophy, but this trophy is in the middle. Uh, some of these people will obviously only be playing football. Some of these players, uh, some of them have. Uh, uh jobs so uh normal jobs and they're just part-time players uh, i won't read out the full squad so hornchurch won three one well done they get to play at wembley so brilliant for the players um but yeah if you they, they played a four four two. the goalkeeper owns a building company uh but their front two strikers nash and dickinson are pts personal trainers uh and uh, chris do on the left is a driver full-time driver uh, and Cooper, the uh, Cooper and Hales, their two, their centre back partnership that did the job, uh, a railway engineer and a plumber. So it's just it's just good to see people like that play at Wembley. Like how how amazing is that going to be? You're you're an engineer on the railway with your mates. You look after yourself, you keep yourself fit, uh, and you you've you've taken Hornchurch and uh, made it to a final at Wembley and won and lifted a trophy. Uh, just good stuff. It's good news stories. Thanks for that, Ben. That's Ben's roundup of the week just gone. Uh, on to Sai. Sai, let's swing it back the other way again, back to the elite end, the thin ed- edge of the wedge of elite sport. Talk to us about the NBA, because we've just about had round one, haven't we, of the playoffs. But before that, we had the play-ins. So we've had the first game or two of the first round of the playoffs, but no, we're still yeah. very much uh, entrenched in Sorry, that. I meant game, not round. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, the play-in. We talked about it briefly last week. It is um, where teams that would, in years gone by, be outside of the playoffs had an opportunity to make it in. Um, 
and basically, I'm, my, the question I'm going to ask is, was it a success? And in this time, and in this situation, I believe it was a success because um, not only, as I said before, are teams you know trying harder that would have been tanking in previous years. Or by tanking, I mean um, you know deliberately losing to get a better draft pick. But we also had one upset, and the Golden State Warriors, who finished um, inside the playoff seedings, uh, they lost their first game to the Lakers in the last second. I think it was a LeBron shot to, to win it. They also then lost to the Memphis Grizzlies, who finished ninth. So they're actually in the playoffs. So they're the eighth seed, despite finishing ninth in the regular season. So yes, I think it's an, a massive success to have a situation where this has happened. Um, yeah, and it's it's really good. And congratulations to the Memphis Grizzlies. I think they'll have a, a really good game. I think uh, they took the first game against the uh, Utah Jazz as well. So um, yeah, great, great performance. I, I, I have to agree. I think also in terms of proportion of fans watching games, you have they get to watch more games of their team. Mm. You know, rather than it just cut off for the playoffs. That's it, job done. And now we just watch them lot play their team potentially mid table gets to play a few more games. There's more more to watch, more value for money as a fan. I saw a lot of kind of social media frenzy around it. So I, I think I echo that. It, it did seem like a success, although I didn't watch any of the full games. I just saw a, a bunch of highlights. So so would Golden State have, in the normal season, been through in the playoffs? Yes, yeah. So they, they would have been, um, I think they finished in the eighth seed um, and the Lakers finished in the seventh seed. Um, and they would have, um, yes, one of them would have played the, the first seed, which is Utah Jazz, and the other would have played Phoenix Suns in seven, in, in the second seed. Um, so, yeah, so that's it. So they're completely out of it. So I suppose they feel a little bit cheated. But at the other extreme, I mean, you know, it, it gives a little bit more excitement. It, it makes that kind of mid, mid-table mediocrity mean something a little bit more than in previous years where you just kind of stuck between winning and losing and, and what you do. Now, you know, teams have got a reason to keep playing. And I think it makes the league more exciting. And I think in this case, it has. It's really shown that. I saw a LeBron uh, bit of a fight brawl. Kind of, uh, there was like a brawl between the two teams. I think uh, LeBron ended up on his shoulder and hurt his shoulder or something like that. Uh, It's not kind of the scenes you usually see in NBA. Is that just the pressure or something? It can overheat a lot. I mean, it's not often in the modern day. I mean, there have been some hilariously amazing basketball fights. Not that I'm saying, you know, it should happen because <laughs> some of them went into the crowd. But, um, uh, you know, at the same time, you no, know, I mean, you do get push- pushing and shoving in, in in the NBA, but it doesn't tend to resort beyond that most of the time. Um you know, it's not the same kind of sport as it was 20 or 30 years ago where, you know, guys were being thrown to the ground and stuff and then getting up and punching someone in the face. So, um, yeah, it's become a little bit more, you know, kind of the same in football, you know, kind of that little bit of argy-bargy kind of, you know, pushing around and, and, and threatening a little bit, but actually not really meaning much of it. There we go. That was uh, the NBA side. Sorry, I got carried away looking at some of the spot scores from the NBA while you were talking there. Are you going to talk to us about the Youth Cup? So last week, um, we, of course, or towards the end of our show, you spoke about your anticipation of the, uh, the, the last Wednesday of the week derby in the Youth Cup. How did it go? So, um, Dan, would you be able to read what my little handle is for today's uh, podcast? what it says i am a no. <laughs> two one two one two one so one of the teams won two one um ben probably didn't even know who played but um <laughs> i can tell you that aston villa are the new youth cup champions and not only that it was actually a really 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 good game to watch and as a villa fan anyway i'm exceptionally 
excited by the players that we've got coming through. We've got some of the best young players, you know, in the league. And I think it's just shown that, um, you know, by, by managing to win. I mean, in the end, we could have, it, it could have been a, a crazy game. It could have been, you know, five or six, three in the end. It was, it was a really, really open game let down by a little bit of bad finishing on, on both teams parts. Um, there were a couple of players for Liverpool who, who kind of um, showed some skill. Um, I've actually got one down here that I want to talk about. Um, his name, where is his name? Oh, Balagizi, his name is. Um, he's a really good player. Ben, if you ever get a chance, I'm thinking he'll probably get some play in preseason next year. But he was yep. really, really good. He he was energetic. He's a really big, strong lad for his age. And, you know, he was really good. But, you know, when you've got Carney Chukwemeka, you know, Aaron Ramsey, not that Aaron Ramsey, our Aaron Ramsey, um, you know, Young, Riki, Barry, you know, you had no chance. And in the end, the better team won. Um so does that and, mean Liverpool have the second best group of young players coming through to elite football? In essence, I mean, the, the thing is, though, obviously, like with any cup competition, it depends who you play, uh, a little bit of luck on the day. And also, to a certain extent, you know, just because you have a good youth team doesn't mean that any of these guys are ever going to make it to the to the first team. But, I mean, it's a good sign if your team is is, is doing well in these tournaments uh, and getting to the, you know, getting to the later stages. And I think it really, you know, hopefully shows a good sign for Villa and for Liverpool as well. It's important to say that uh, not all of these players come through in any way. I mean, it takes a lot to go from a quality youth to a quality football player. Not everyone's the Lionel Messi, Cristiano Ronaldo's of the world. Um, we've got a young lad, I think Mateus uh, Muzielowski, he did play. Um he looks a bit diminutive, a bit kind of Messi-esque, uh, and he's fantastic. I've seen him this season with some brilliant highlights, and I think he, he impressed in front of Klopp, so I'm excited to see him come through in the preseason. Yeah, he's been called the Polish Messi or the Polish Hazard, yeah. so it's always good to put no pressure on a player uh, when he's <laughs> 17 years old, is it, by you know calling him, you know, comparing him to some of the best they players that have played. Um yeah, I mean, it's always a bit ridiculous when they do. I think that you know, a lot of the time you're just comparing playing styles. Um, but what I would say is, yeah, he did. He wasn't good yesterday. He was. He was. Balzi was the was the best guy I saw for you guys. Um, and uh, your defense struggled, and yeah, you didn't really show enough consistently in attack. You were better in the second half, but yeah, I was really disappointed with uh, with him. I was hoping to see a little bit more from him but you know he's young it's one game at the end of the day he's had a good season um you know maybe you will see him break into the first team in the next few years i will talk in uh my vegan middle coming up about aston villa briefly but is that also another added good point to what i think from the outset should really be regarded as a decent season for your team yeah, I mean, that helps. Um, Chukwemeka came on for the last two games. He actually played against Chelsea for the last 20-odd minutes the day before the Youth Cup final, which I thought was a bit crazy. Um, and in the game against Spurs, he hit the post. So, I mean, this guy's 17, um, you know, and to have a guy who's able to make that impact in the first team, you know, potentially coming through, I mean, it really cuts down the number of signings you need to make from elsewhere. And if Villa can supplement their squad with a few of these guys, you know, even if it's just three or four of them, you know, getting on the bench regularly and maybe coming on and playing, getting some minutes, 
I mean, that's a great a great start for the for the Villa team. And you know, if we can supplement it with a, a couple of big signings, I'm really bullish about us next year. We beat Chelsea once, we beat Spurs, we beat Arsenal twice. We may have beaten Liverpool as well, if I remember rightly. No, um, ne- never, never, never happened. Never saw it. Van Dijk was on the pitch actually when you smashed us seven two. Uh, in all honesty, though, uh, I think Villa have had a great season. There was just a little dip at the beginning of the year that I think probably cost you the European football. Yeah. Uh, and I think Watkins' second season in the league could be could be fireworks. Mm. I re- really do. I think there's one thing these youth players all want to do, and that is, of course, to represent their country at the highest level of the game. And there's been a big announcement today, hasn't there, Si? And you want to talk to us a little bit about the, the announcement of the England... Um, it's not exactly the, the final squad, is it? There's still got to be whittled down a bit, but tell us a bit more. So yeah, so it's the third. It's a provisional thirty-three man squad. So seven of these players will not be making the the actual um, full squad. Um, that will get cut down. I think it's the third of June is the cutoff period. So by then they they will you know whether they've made the team or not. Um, we want to keep this quite brief because um, you know and not not to uh, to be too mysterious but we might be going into this in a little bit more detail next week um i'm sure ben will reveal more a bit later but um yeah i mean it was interesting to see who made it interesting to see who miss who's missing out um i want to talk a little bit about goalkeepers and i'd like to see what ben thinks about this i think we were both shocked to find that nick pope didn't play um uh, didn't play didn't uh, make the team um but then it actually turns out he's actually got an injury but the guys that were called up to replace him, so Aaron Ramsdale, who finished bottom, got relegated for the second year in a row. Um, so, yeah, never sign this player because he will get you team relegated. Um, and Sam Johnston, <laughs> uh, who was another player who got relegated, uh, are two of the keepers that got signed up. And, I mean, does it kind of highlight maybe that we have a la- if we have a lack of depth in one position, because it's not right-backs, for example, we've got about a 1,000 right-backs. But it, is keeper maybe our big weakness? Because... Now that Pope's injured, is it Pickford or do we play Henderson, who's played 22 games this year? I think really it shows if there is a a big issue in our team, it's keeper. Yeah, Henderson has overtaken uh, De Gea as Man United number one. Uh, He's he's bona fide number one for Manchester United Football Club, who finished second. So that's good. But he's made some mistakes. He was massively at fault for Salah's last goal. Just his positioning was awful. Uh, They've shipped goals. I mean, they concede basically every game, Manchester United. You know, defensively, they're not incredible. Without Maguire, they're poor. So, you know, hopefully he's fit. We'll get into that in a second. But I think Southgate has decided on Pickford, so the rest are just there for goalkeeper practice. And it's important to say, Dan, the reason we took a 33-man squad is we've got a load of injuries. People that have got niggles, you know, uh, Liverpool captain Jordan Henderson's not even fully playing uh yeah he's playing football but he's not training with the first team yet so we've got all these so they've taken these extra men but the emissions the they're not going to go basically so if you're if you're admitted now the chances of you making the the euros are astronomical so we've got a lot of people missing out um if, can i just read a couple to you side that i'm pretty yeah. shocked about madison okay uh, I'll, I'll go through them all. Madison, Aaron Wambasaka. I, I thought mm. he would have gone. Uh, Bamford and Consa. Uh, yeah. c- come out with those those four. I think uh, certainly Bamford. Certainly Bamford deserved to go to the Euros. So, um, well, I'll kind of talk about um, 
you know, a few of these these selections. So um, Aaron Wan-Bissaka, for example, is a, just a guy who is unfortunately, you know, he's a right back in a team where we have, as I said before, lots of right backs. I would take him over Kieran Trippier every day. Um, I think tri- the problem with Southgate, I think, is he came in when he first started and he said, there's going to be no favourites. I'm going to, everyone's going to play on merit. I'm not going to pick guys from the big clubs just because they pay for the big clubs. Um, and then, you know, he's he's obviously got his favourites. I mean, Jesse Lingard wasn't even playing for Man United and he was getting in the squad every... And I mean, credit to Lingard. He's gone out to West Ham and he's been absolutely fantastic. And I think he is one of the success stories to show of a guy who has lost his way at a club, gone to another club and actually, you know, really turned his career around. And he could make the final squad pretty... I think I, think I put a bet down that he would if I was going to. Um but yeah, I think he's got his favourites. And I think people like Trippier, who, you know, he's been all right at Atletico. I don't think he's actually been setting the world alight over there. And I would rather have Juan Basaka, who is a true defensive, even though he can, you know, play a bit higher up, but he's a defensive right back. And he's something that we don't have in the team, especially when you've got players like uh, your mate Alexander Arnold, who is effectively playing. Uh, as a winger most of the time <laughs> he's, it would be good to have a, a guy who who is playing a different type of football you know a, a, maybe a more defensive guy against teams like germany or france if we ever play them and yeah so i'm really gutted he's not even been considered for this 33 man squad well there's talk that he's going to uh defect if that's mm. the right word to say uh, he's just going to leave england now because he's not getting the chances personally i don't think aaron wambashaka should go because he's a one-trick pony he can only defend uh and yeah he defends well for united but that's because they defend sit back all game uh, and play counter-attack football kieran trippier um has uh he's played i think nearly 30 games for an atletico madrid side that won la liga and only conceded 25 goals surely he's a, a nailed-on starter. I, I think he could be that good. But for me, uh, well, Gareth Southgate said today, the four that they've taken can all play different positions. He actually said that he thinks Trent could move into midfield for him, which is really interesting. Mm. And uh, that points, sadly, to the 5-3-2-1 formation. 5-3-2 formation. Yeah. Did How you many down? Do counting backwards. <laughs> You also did it incorrectly because you gave us 12 players on the field. Yeah, but, um... sorry. I'll do it Dan's way. One, five, three, two formation. <laughs> well, you're doing all and adding up to 10. Anyway, that's enough of that. Um, it's not a maths podcast. Maybe there's a niche for that. I don't know. Maybe there is. Um, it certainly won't feature you both. So I... <gasps> I had to say one thing. I'm going to interrupt. I wanted to, uh, to talk to you about Bamford as well, my friends. Yes, please. I, I want to hear Bamford... about Bamford is one of the most and he wasn't before he's gone from some people would say underrated to exceedingly overrated he is in my opinion a one season wonder he has <gasps> gone throughout his career not scoring that many goals not playing that well he was you know he never impressed me before yes he scored something like 16 17 goals this year i think next year we'll be seeing bamford regressing to the mean eight goals you know, something like that. <laughs> I really don't. I And maybe this is a personal thing because Leeds and Villa fans hate each other now because of recent years. But yeah, I really don't rate the guy that highly. I would have Ollie Watkins. If you offered me Bamford or Ollie Watkins, I would take Ollie Watkins every day of the week. Okay, I'm, I might take Ollie Watkins over him, but Calvert-Lewin's only scored like one goal in the last nine games. He's bang out of form, Everton a bang out of form, but yeah, he's in the squad. 
yeah, maybe he's a bit more physical, but um, let's be honest, if Kane's fit, none of them are playing any minutes anyway. <laughs> that's true, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Um, I said Southgate likes what he likes, and we'll see how that goes for us. But um, we'll talk about more, more in detail, because I've got an entire you know, half a page worth of notes about some of these other guys. So. Uh, Dan is, he's got, you can see, he's got a segue foaming from yeah. the mouth, but uh, we can, we can drop maybe a teaser that next mm. week's show might go into a Euro depth. Ooh. Yes. Keep it tuned next week for more football. Um, <clears throat> I haven't got a segue. I haven't got anything to take it on from football. I just got swamped with football there. Um, but, you know, not being on form, we could talk about that, Ben. We could take up the not on form um, thread and talk about Mercedes' strategy in the Monaco Formula One Grand Prix. Dan, you tell me about the Monaco Formula One Grand Prix because for the first time in a long time, I did not watch one single lap. And that was on purpose because I watched the qualifying on Saturday and I knew who was going to win. So. Um, just to butt in as well, I was want to say I actually got a text from my dad before we went on air today. Um, shout out to my dad, the man that spawned me. Um, so he, <laughs> he um said, uh, I hope you guys are going to talk about the most uh, boring race in the most boring track in F1. Ooh. So I look forward to uh to your um to your talk. Daniel this one is for your father. <laughs> We love your dad. Um, it, it was. It's. It's not the most boring track. Uh, it's had nothing. It's. It's a sensational track. It's just got the wrong cars going around it. It's a sensational track. It's a sensational venue. The glitz, the glamour. It reeks motorsport. It reeks history. Um, it's one of the, tr- the th- one of the three that make up the triple crown, which I'll talk about a bit later on. The other two being the Indy 500 and Le Mans 24 Hours, or 24 Hours Le Mans, rather. And it, it's it's a glorious place to be, by all accounts. The drivers absolutely adore it. We alluded to the fact that a lot of them actually live there, so that's definitely got to have some some sway in why they love it. But the drivers just absolutely pour out love for this track. It's not any joy for spectators anymore in modern Formula 1 cars are fast can't follow each other they're so big they can't overtake each other formula e fans i think they quite enjoyed the monaco race uh so there's a lot to be said uh, about the differences between the two however i'm not going to go into detail about the the race at the weekend it wasn't it wasn't the spectator sport it wasn't a, a page turner um I, I, I think I may well have turned over to golf if that if that was on at some point. I don't know. It probably was. Yeah, uh, join us. Join us. I mean, join it. Full disclosure, I didn't. I stayed watching the Formula One. Watched it to the end. It was fairly predictable. However, there was some glaring, uh, or one glaring problem, and that was in the Mercedes A strategy department and B pit stop department. Um, Bottas came in for a pit stop. He was in um, what what became position two on the start line because Charles Leclerc um, had to retire uh, from the race. He didn't make the grid, so Bottas was pumped up to bumped up to P two behind Max Verstappen. So it would have been a safe um, second position. It would have been an absolute safe uh, points haul for him, and um, maybe maybe could have challenged Verstappen. There might have been a mistake, but all being normal, it would have been a Verstappen one, Bottas one two. Bottas went into the pit 
and um, the wheel gun literally sheared the bolt, the nut that holds the wheel on, so they couldn't take it off. Now, that wheel is still stuck on the Mercedes. They literally weren't able to take it off in Monaco. They had to take it back, still on, to the factory in Brackley, I think it is, get a Dremel out on it and literally cut it out, painstakingly cut it off in the factory. Um, they refer to it as machining the nut. Essentially, you know, if you take a screwdriver, it's it, James Allison, they're one of their um, technical fellas. Um, so it's a bit like, you know, Phillips head screwdriver when you put it in and you just turn it around and then it all disappears inside the screw, the screw and you can't take it out. Essentially the same thing happened. And the the, the wheel gun person is just going, and it's just not coming off. So it was a really bad moment. So that's still stuck on. And that's fascinating, isn't it? It's still stuck on and heading its way back to be cut off. And that literally cost him the race. He couldn't go back out. So, uh, Sai, you got questions? I got a burning question. Um, so would you say that it was more the actual um pit guy's fault or was it just something that happens or a bit of both or so good question um in the in the 24 hours since or 48 or whatever hours since uh that race um toto wolf has uh, has been on record as saying um that bottas is partly to blame for this now mercedes are well known for their candor uh their challenging uh team environment but that pushes them you know they're one of the greatest teams for a reason and it's not just because they have great driver uh drivers uh, and the great car um they have a great environment to work in um so they're very honest and open but he essentially said bottas is partly to blame because he stopped slightly too short of his mark in the pit lane bear in mind they're coming in at you know tens of miles an hour coming to a full stop in between a group of like dozen people around them and they have to start stop millimeter perfect and for the most part they do he stopped slightly short and the suggestion is that it, that made the gun go at a slight angle which took off the drive the, the you know the driving faces for the the nut yeah i i i obviously i saw the uh, i saw the nut i saw the video it just sheared it off it was quite impressive you've done daniel some wheel gun training i've been there yeah. watched you do it on le mans car how uh, how much torque are these guns can you explain describe just how much power yeah. these wheel guns have so Ben and I visited the, uh, the, you know, the fake Toyota stand at um, Le Mans a, a couple of years back and did a, uh, you know, one of these have a go wheel gun test to take the wheel off, put it back on. You know, you're racing against someone, aren't we? We're on the rear tire, someone else on the front tire. There's a race. It took us about 30 seconds. Bear in mind, um, the record held by Red Bull at the moment is 1.82 seconds. <laughs> So, you know, but the, the car isn't um, stopped before they start spinning the nut off. It isn't raised fully before the wheel is off. You know, this is how fast they're, this, this is the tolerances they're in. But the, the gun was toned down for the public. It wasn't full speed gun. And it, it catches you. It will spin your arms out. There's a lot of torque. The, the forces involved in taking those nuts off is massive. So it will, it will chew through metal if it's not engaged properly like, like, like butter. Yeah, it was actually interesting to watch it chew through. It just ate it up uh, like you do sometimes, an unfortunate screw putting together an Ikea flat pack. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say I didn't watch the race, and thankfully it sounded <laughs> god-awful. And I did. De- I decided not to watch it for a reason because of that, and I was rewarded with a poor race, uh, which obviously is not a good advert for Formula 1. Uh, 
what is a good outfit for Formula One is how bad Mercedes did and how good Red Bull did. And suddenly yeah. Max Verstappen's leading the world championships for the first time in his entire yeah. career. Brilliant stuff. So the, the Bottas pit stop wasn't the only clangor for Mercedes. They they made a largely, in fairness to them, rare strategy error with Hamilton as well um, in winter pitting because that's the only time pit stops is the only time you can you can make gains within uh, within the um, within the race uh, and and they dropped the ball there a little bit as well. But it's stark contrast to their previous race where they had inspired strategy. So yeah, that that was Monaco. Yeah, I don't want to hang too much on the point, but I want to ask, uh, can you give me a good idea for the future? Because every year they have a boring race and every year they try and sell it. And this year felt like a turning point. It felt like a real turning point where people didn't tune in. They accepted it's just not very good. They also didn't have much glitz and glam because a lot of the parties weren't on. Do you think it will just continue to be an eyesore on the Grand Prix circuit? Uh, which is strange to say for the glitz and glam of Monaco, but for purists, for racers, uh, or do you think they will change it up, do a sprint race, um, do a, a handicap race, something, something? It's hard to say, but I don't know. I know that F1, we've talked about it before, they're experimenting a lot with formats. Um, so, yeah, there's hope that they may extend that to places like Monaco. Uh, it's not a fast circuit, so it doesn't lend itself to what they're trying to experiment with at the moment. Um, plus, with support races, there's there's... You know, it's a packed weekend in Monaco. It's, it's a city they're racing in, so the roads have to be open at various times um, and they're closed for a certain amount of time. So there's only so much they can do with the schedule that exists already. Um, but I agree, they've got to do something. Um, it's entirely possible. We might see completely different racing there with the new regulations when they come in anyway. So I guess there's a bit of wait and see, but something's got to change. Something's got to give. Uh, we don't know what. Um, but uh, last fact, a bit of stat for you that I'll read out, um, about Monaco. Um, so 10 years ago in Monaco, um, there was, um, Ferrari, Red Bull and McLaren on the podium in the same order as there was this weekend. Uh, Red Bull on top, Ferrari in second, McLaren in third. Um, the, uh, Spaniard and the Brit. So there's two Spanish on the podium, 10 years ago. So there's Alonso 10 years ago and uh, science this year. Uh, they were both teammates at McLaren before in, in, in each year. And um, in 2011, the Red Bull driver went on to win the driver's championship. Which would have been uh, Sebastian Vettel. Uh, I think Weber won a couple of uh, Monaco's as well. Uh, also, uh, did Vettel have a good race, I believe? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's the thing. The, um, the the talk is the Aston Martins slightly outperform themselves. Um, so is that a sign of things to come or is it just a sign of it's a slow street circuit? We've got Baku next. That's quite That can be a really exciting circuit. So looking forward to that and uh, that's a great seeing circuit. some pace back on the cars. Let's wrap that up there, gentlemen. That, gentlemen's? Gentlemen's. Gentlemen. Uh, that is the week just gone in sport. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to get in touch with us, do at us on Twitter at Wednesday Pod. We are on Instagram at Wednesday Pod. You can leave a voice message on Anchor, of course. Don't forget to like, follow, subscribe, tell your mates, and leave a comment on Apple Podcasts as well if you wish.
Sorry, Dan, just to piggyback on what you were saying there as well. Um, you know, yeah, if you are listening to this show, please, 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 um, you know, interact with us you know tell us what you want us to talk about um i know from me every week sometimes i'm like oh my god what am i gonna what am i gonna say what am i gonna do my thing on if you if anyone's got a burning desire for us to discuss a topic obviously it has to be something we're interested in to a certain extent but yeah if anyone's got an idea of if if what we should talk about you know maybe something that we haven't even thought about go for it because you know i for one and i think you're, you're all the same sometimes i'm going i don't know what i'm going to talk about this week i have no idea until you know the last put a few things together so yeah go for it essentially um get in touch with us and do size job for him exactly yeah yeah i'm going to set up a fake account and and fire over a Klopp appreciation can we just do a whole episode talking about how great Jürgen Klopp is yeah i mean it's really good that he finished he finished third it's really really impressive yeah Do, do formula one simon simon do formula one Oh, who was that? That must have been a listener getting in touch. Mm. Do more Formula One. It's got a creepy voice to every From Simon's dad. Is that all? Is that... Oh. Oh. Simon's dad wants you to do more Formula One. <laughs> Hi, Dad. <laughs> all right. Anyway, let's move on to our selection of meaty and vegan middles. Here we are. We are into the meaty middles. And Ben, I have slight exception at the fact you're calling your thinner meaty middle a vegan middle because you can have really substantial vegan meals and i don't want to alienate any of our listeners around that you're suggesting that a vegan meal is a less than substantial meal i'm i'm saying vegan meal so as to not alienate people daniel i mean we've been saying meaty middles for 15 (laughs) weeks now and i think it's important for uh, people to accept that vegans are allowed to listen to our show as well so this is a vegan. Finally, the campaign works. <laughs> when, the campaign when do we agree worked. on this, guys? Because I mean, I'm not, I'm not cool with this. The, the vegans are people as well, uh, and this is a corn meaty middle. Oh. Am I going first then with my corn? Yeah, middle? you are going for first corn. Uh, Other vegan <laughs> non-meat brands are available. Uh, do talk to us about your uh, Premier League roundup. I think you got first. Yeah, round. this is this is more like a portion of chips than a, than a mushroom burger but uh it's good stuff <laughs> um yeah premier league roundup i won't do a premier league roundup we talk about football enough daniel do you think soccer you love it don't you a little um, bit but the season ended and it was dramatic it was fantastic all the matches were together there were some standout games some standout performances uh earlier in the show Sai talked about villa winning 2-1 against chelsea comfortably i'll be honest Mm. uh they were very very good for their win uh leicester got spanked at home to spurs which cost them european uh champions league football for the second time in two years of capitulation i mean bottled it i believe is the term that people (laughs) use absolutely bottled it they i i i felt bad for them but not so bad that I wanted them to get ahead of us at uh, you know the Champions League expense. Liverpool did not finish fourth. We didn't make fourth place. Uh, we went one better. We got third place in the in the Premier League. Remarkable, absolutely remarkable. We finished third. The smile, the happiness, the positivity in Anfield at the end. There was ten thousand fans there. The noise. The you'll never walk alone at the beginning was was beautiful. Great to hear again. I'd missed it. And Klopp had, he celebrated like it was a, a, a trophy win. He was honest. He said, what a run in. Ten games, eight wins, two draws. First choice centre-backs out. Uh, captain out for that whole time. 
brilliant. Really, really well played to Liverpool for making the top four. And financially, that's worked well. Uh, for making for finishing third place, Simon, how much do you think Liverpool gained if they instead of finishing fifth? Um, I'm going to say a good... Hmm. What, just in terms of, what, including Champions League money or just... In, including Champions League money. If we finish oh. fifth, but now we finish third, how much do you reckon we gain I'm from getting those two spots? 60 million. 92 million. Oof. Yeah. Wow. Uh, on, online, on Twitter, Liverpool fans are referring to it as Mbappe money. Uh, whether <laughs> whether that happens or not, we don't know. Apparently, we've signed Canate today. We uh, apparently uh, pulled on his release clause finally. And Quebec is going back... Uh, to Germany. But uh, yeah, a couple of other results in there. Leeds finished fantastically well. Another win at home uh, against West Bromwich Album. They look fantastic. Uh, but City crowned champions. And it was actually quite nice to watch them lift the trophy. Not obviously that I want them to do that at the expense of Liverpool, but Pep Guardiola was wonderful and passionate at the end, talking about Sergio Aguero, who we are losing from the Premier League. And I'm going to be honest. And I'll say it now live, that makes me sad. I think Sergio Aguero is one of the greatest strikers ever to grace the English Premier League. Am I right in thinking that he actually um, he got the scoring trophy? on? He broke the scoring record in the last game. Did he beat Eclipse Rooney? Is that true? Yeah, I believe so, because mm. he came on and got the two goals for a substitute yeah. appearance, 20 minutes. Crazy. He's unbelievable. I mean, what a player. And apparently, he's just lovely. And Pep Guardiola's crying, crying at the end, saying, yeah, Aguero's going to go and play in the team that I love, uh, referring to Barcelona, of course, uh, and that he's going to play with the best player of all time, Lionel Messi. So that sounds like Aguero's nailed on for uh, a Barcelona two-year contract. And I think just to, to kind of go on for what you're saying as well, I mean, he is, um, you know, imagine if he hadn't actually been injured as often as he has as well. Just imagine how many goals he could have scored or how many more trophies maybe that, that, that City could have. I know they picked up a, a hell of a lot of trophies anyway, so that's irrelevant in that regard. But I mean, yeah, I mean, he was he's missed a lot of time over the years. And yet to still, you know, break the scoring record. I mean, he's a fantastic player. He is probably the quintessential striker. If you, you know, if you designed a striker, a lot of the kind of qualities that you'd get would be Aguero-esque. Yeah, I saw, I was very lucky, lucky enough to see him play actually for Argentina. They had a friendly against Croatia at Upton Park and I saw him, Messi and Di Maria playing together. Uh, I was right at the front as well and I was surprised by how strong and stocky Aguero looked. Really, really uh, up for every game and his finishing is sublime. Uh, and obviously he'll be remembered for the great goal uh, that won them the league in the last minute uh, against Manchester United. Wonderful commentary as well. Uh, so yeah, well done to City. They deserved it. They were comfortably the best in the league. And interestingly, that the team that plays such uh, fanciful football uh, won the league because of a quality centre back uh, who also goes down as my player of the season. Uh, mm. Simon Diaz, Ruben Diaz. Do you agree? Do you not agree? I think he came with a little bit of fanfare when he came in from. I think it was Benfica actually, um, but like not anywhere near basically he was almost going to be the savior of city's defense and he has been amazing i remember when he the first game he played against villa 
we just couldn't get past him. And that was before Jack Grealish got injured as well. So that was when we had our, our best team playing. And he was just he was just really, really good player. So um well deserved and you know, he's had such an impact on City's defence. And I think that was probably always their Achilles heel. And I think to a certain extent it still is, because you've got John Stones who we will talk about probably next week is, you know, good for a mistake every game at least. Um but yeah, Diaz, incredible player, done amazingly well, and you know deserves that player of the season. Yeah, they're a player to what uh, a pleasure to watch, I should say. And they asked Pep Guardiola, the the, the referee who's refereeing the Champions League final, uh, which you, I think you'll mention a little bit later in the show. Uh, he said, "Are you worried about this referee?" And Pep Guardiola went, "No, no, no." Uh, he said, "You you don't understand how much trust I've got in my players." Uh, that I, I'd be scared if I was Thomas Tuchel and Chelsea players. I'd be scared. Mm. Uh, they are my heavy favourites for that yeah. game. Uh, going down, uh, Man United, uh, obviously second, good season, but it's it's pitted out. They've been awful for a couple of weeks, and uh, with another big game coming up, uh, I'd be worried for them tomorrow. Liverpool, I've mentioned, we're not going to go into much detail, but I think without you know the likes of Van Dijk and, and large swathes of the season without Jota and uh, Henderson and uh, Matip and uh, you know Fabinho for parts and and obviously Gomez as well, yeah, top four wildest dreams. Leicester miss out. Let's talk about Spurs uh, briefly. Uh, their striker, their incredible striker, golden boot playmaker, assist leader and goal scoring leader. I mean, this guy. I think he could, if he stays in the league, break Alan Shearer's goal scoring record. Spurs, what do they do? What 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 can they do? Where are they, Si? I mean, it's it's a horrible situation for Spurs because I think he is being polite about it. He's being professional about it, but I think he wants out of Spurs. I think you've he. I think players like him, you have so many years, you know, in your prime, scoring goals. And, you know, to look at your trophy cabinet and see literally nothing in there. I think I've got more trophies than Harry Kane has trophies. I think, you know, it really it really is a, it's a horrible situation for him. And, yeah, I can see if they can put in, anyone could put in a, a bid that is, you know, generous, then we will get to a stage where um, he's going uh, to have to go. Um, but Spurs, are they going to dig their heels in? Um, do you want an unhappy player, even a player as good as him? Or do you just take the money? I think it's going to be an interesting thing to see what they do. And that's the thing. He's got three years left on his contract. So some Spurs fans will say, you know what, an unhappy Kane is probably still as good. I think he's a quality professional. I still think he'd give you his all for those three seasons. Uh, But I've got a sneaking suspicion they're going to try and hold on to him. But they've got to do that with a manager, which is my own segue to manager movements. Sorry, Dan. Uh, the literally stealing <laughs> my job while I was busy writing show notes. <laughs> yeah. uh, we, we we talked about relegation a week ago, so we don't need to go through the whole league divisions. Uh, the season I actually think has been really exciting for for what it has been without fans. Uh, it's turned up. There's been drama. There's been some incredible results. Uh, you know, Aston Villa beating Liverpool seven two. That was a full mm. Liverpool full strength Liverpool side. I must admit. Uh, United getting beat 6-1 at home to Spurs uh, Bielsa and Lees what a pleasure they've been to watch this season uh, great stuff all over I think uh, what I might say as well with management uh, Nuno Espirito Santo has left Wolves he could possibly be a replacement for Spurs 
Okay, and uh, Roy Hodgson's left. Daniel, do you know who Roy Hodgson is? I do not know who Roy Hodgson is. Ben, tell me, who is Roy Hodgson? Okay, do you know what I'm going to tell you who Roy Hodgson is? Imagine this, Dan. He's retiring from Crystal Palace. He's an old boy. He's managed England. He's managed Liverpool. Uh, He's managed 16 clubs. He's had a few gigs. Four senior national sides in eight countries across 45 years. Wow. So he, he's yeah, he's sort of seventy six. Is he good or well connected or loved or where does he sit in? You know, I who think is he he's to the fans very well respected. That's what he is. He's very well respected. They call him the owl because he looks like an owl, but it's not really a derogatory kind of thing. He does genuinely look a bit like an owl. Uh, okay. But he's, I think he's a wonderful manager. He's a journeyman. He's been all over the place. He's been, you know, Italy, different countries. And finally, another manager that's left is Sam Allardyce, who's a short-term manager. So I've he heard did, his name before. You have, yeah. He just gets pulled up by teams and he just gets uh, put in place. He he tries to save them from relegation. He earns uh, kind of heaps of money um, and then just goes on his way. Uh, and that's kind of what he's done. So, um, but Ben, talk to me briefly while you're on, on the topic of managers. Talk to me about Klopp. Is he going to be at Liverpool forever? No, Jurgen Klopp will be at Liverpool till the summer of 2024. Why did you say that? Is that because he said that? that? How about that? Yeah, that's because he said that. How much love do you have to have a manager to believe them? Uh, Yeah, so Jurgen Klopp said that that will be his last year. He won't extend his contract, so he'll stay to 2024, and he's a very honourable man. So we've only got uh, three more seasons. We've got got three more seasons, um, which is upsetting. But he then... Three more seasons are the same. Yeah, he basically said that why would I manage past, you know, he can't do that managing to his 60s business. He's getting paid uh, sort of 10, 15 million a year. He's very wealthy. He appreciates where he is. He knows that how he he refers to it, he lives in the sunny side of life. It's not a bad Um, gig, is it, that? It's unbelievable, but you have to bear in mind it's full on it's 24 7 there's no no switching off i'm not going to feel sorry for them Ben. no no i'm not feeling sorry for them. what i'm saying is uh, i watched ted lasso i know how it is (laughs) see i've not watched ted lasso yet (laughs) apparently it's really really good i've heard some great reviews a lot of fun it is a lot of fun um all right ben well that's that's the manager merry-go-round is that is that a little bit like the driver silly season in f1 you know definitely just it's just a load of rumors until it actually happens Absolute comparables, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's the merry-go-round. It's the same with transfers. It's the absolute merry-go-round. Yeah. Uh, we don't know which way it's going to go. Um, it's probably more exciting than the drivers in Formula 1 because uh, you more often than not, you know where the big drivers are. I mean, we've had some big plays, obviously, with Vettel from Red Bull to Ferrari in the past and things like that. Yeah, But there is some um, there is a merry-go-round. It's an interesting season. We've got fans coming back next year. What I would say, though, is the top four in the Premier League are the top four richest clubs. The top 10 in the Premier League are the 10 richest clubs in the 20, which doesn't kind of doesn't give a good advertisement. It kind of shows that if you spend the most, you'll win or finish higher, which is probably not what you want to hear or see. But maybe that's just the uh, the rule of life. Yeah. All right. Well, football is missing one thing, isn't it, Ben? And they're starting to come back. And we're seeing it other sports as well. We saw it in Monaco at the weekend of the F1. Crowds are coming back. We're starting to see. We're starting to hear. And the fans are starting to smell it again. How important is it? Incredible. Uh, one thing I said at the top of the show with the golf, uh, they got um, 
covered. I mean, in fans. I mean, literally, uh, it was it was like a, it was a mall. It was unbelievable seeing hundreds and hundreds of fans swamp these two. Uh, professional golfers it's what you used to see it's what you used to see with tiger woods when he's coming up the last to augusta you know it's what we're used to seeing in golf and in football we're used to hearing those chants we're, he- we're used to hearing those songs um a sport's nothing without fans and i think this year will be remembered um I, this last year will be remembered for really bad things in all honesty around the world but um in sports uh sports have done well to keep going they've done well to keep a spectacle on because Bear in mind, sport's a big thing for most people's lives, um, so they have to have that continuity. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's brilliant to have fans back. And, wow, I mean, we're coming into the Euros. We're coming into the Olympics. We're not going to be huge, big fan fest at the Olympics, I guess. Uh, but we've got some summer events coming up. Um, so great to see fans back. And as this podcast progresses, hopefully we'll have full fans in the stadiums by next September. And we'll have our own, um, uh, you know, live show with fans <laughs> as well. Should we do we record live from the the hallowed turf? I think we absolutely should. From um, from uh, uh, what's it itself? Um, Anfield should record from uh, listen, the middle of Anfield. I, I've I've got Klopp on speed dial. I'll give him a shout. <laughs> we'll get involved. Uh, we'll do that. Um, I'm just going to finish my vegan corn middle with a couple of uh, mentions for the European leagues. Lille won the French league. Okay, absolutely brilliant. Uh, and Atletico won La Liga, which we mentioned earlier. Inter won the Serie A at Acanta. Uh, but Juventus just managed to uh, scrape Champions League qualification. Bayern crushed the Bundesliga. And here's a fact for you, Simon. Okay, Haaland and Mbappe, the two best talents in world football, a combined 54 goals. Ronaldo and Messi, a combined 59 goals. <laughs> Who's the greatest of all time, hanging on nearing 40 years old? Yeah, the king is not dead. Absolutely. Uh, Dan, segue from the king is not dead. Well, I just want to say that yours is not to ask questions because, Sai, you have dedicated your midi- meaty middle to a Q&A or a quiz. Come at me. You've given little detail, so we can't prepare. So I'm going to fail because it's about sport. And as all our listeners know, I'm the laziest sports fan, uh, let alone motorsports fan. So you've simply titled it, have you been paying attention? And the short answer is no. <laughs> what have you got for us? So, um, going off what we uh, what we've always talked about is that um, you know we're here to inform and to educate to a certain extent. With you know, not to say that we're the be all and end all in terms of knowledge on sport, but I think that you know we have something to offer. Um, and yeah, this is what it is. Have you been paying attention? So I'm going to go briefly through various topics that we have discussed over the course of the last 15 episodes. Is it now, lads? 15? I think we're well into the teens. Dan looks so nervous yeah. right now. No, I, um, I, I, I'm not because I know my place. <laughs> and, um, you know, this is something for the listeners to to do at home as well. I think it'd be quite fun to, you know, to kind of go back and see. And if you are a listener who's not, uh, you know, been listening since the beginning, where the hell have you been? But also, um, you know, it's a good reason to go back because there's some really interesting stuff we've talked about uh, in, in some of our earlier shows. So, um, yeah, by all means, go 
go back in time and listen to some of our other ones. So let's get started, gentlemen. And Ben, I'm going to think you're going to do a lot better than Dan, but we shall see. Is it a competition? Am I writing points down as well? No, no. I think uh, it was more just for fun. But no, okay. no, let's let's compete. Let's do this. Let's go all in. Okay. All or nothing. Go okay, gentlemen, in that case, I'll let you score yourselves because I can't bother to score you. Um, uh, let's oh, see if man, Dan manages for this. So. Dan manages to, I don't know, maybe have a lucky season like uh, Patrick Bamford or whether he actually, you know, has done a lot more of the work than he thought, than we I thought. And we've pen. just, you know, under, understated his, you know, his ability to listen. So it'd be very interesting. Ben, uh, uh, sorry, Dan is actually freaking out because he's got no pen, which is going to be very interesting. Um, okay, gentlemen. So to start. So first question. We talked about this the other week, uh, last week, in fact. Uh, what AEW, it's a wrestling uh, federation that I'm very, very keen about. What does AEW stand for? Darn it. <laughs> I, I, I remember being surprised by it last week because you've mentioned it before. I remember last week thinking, oh, yeah. Oh, I know it. I know it. Can I say it? Go, Dan. This is more for you, if I'm honest. Is ben it, is going to kind of mop up the stuff that you don't get. Is it all elite wrestling? Hey. One nil. I turn up. I turn. No, up. yeah, we're not scoring. Then I'm not having this one nil business. I like how you just <laughs> went blank. Then, Dan, do you remember your name? <laughs> uh, ask me another day. Occasionally. Um, so number two, we talked about the European Superliga. We talked about the six breakaway clubs from the from uh from england uh we also talked about six clubs from spain and from italy dan can you name three of those clubs so three of the six uh what from the uk no that would be far too easy from <laughs> from further afield from foreign lands from uh, from italy and from spain could you hear a keyboard tapping then? Yeah. Uh, Juventus? Yes. Barcelona? Yes. Oh, Real Madrid? Yes, he's done Yay. it. He's, he's absolutely smashing it so far. Boy done well. Boy done Two well. 2-0. Two 2-0. Nil. Two nil. Okay. So this next one, we, we talked about the Masters recently. The um, What was it? Now it's about six weeks ago, was it, I think? Um, yeah. So, uh, Dan and Ben, <laughs> what country was the Masters held in? And for a bonus point that will be revealed later, I will go into more detail. But this is a two-parter. Oh, goodness me. The US, wasn't it? It was. And Augusta. for a bonus point, what state was it in? Uh, isn't it Augusta? I don't know what state it is. Yes, it is Augusta. I don't know the but... state. I don't know where that is. We no talked idea. about it as well because it's actually very unfortunately on the grounds of uh, some plantations, I believe, uh, from uh, uh, from yesteryear. So it's a very un- unfortunate history of that site. But it's actually in Georgia. There you go. Yesteryear makes it sound rosier than it is. It, is, um, it wasn't yesteryear. I've made it sound very rosy and it wasn't. Yeah, all right. 3-0. Brilliant. Move on. Yeah. yeah. You missed out How the bonus smug. point. How smug he looks right now. Yeah. Can you put um, kind of some cheering sound bites into this as well after <laughs> in the post-production, please, Dan? Uh, yeah, Georgia. Augusta, Augusta National, one of the uh, most beautiful places in the world. Simon, you're really disappointed so far, aren't you? I am. <laughs> Second, I shouldn't have given you a heads up on the weekend. I was going to do this. Um, I think I've given you too much, too much of a chance. I, I promise you, I did zero 
effort when she said so ben mentions this man far more than he should because he's a bit overrated uh who is the captain of liverpool football club uh i don't don't know that trent fella oh god oh it hurts my ears oh you've mentioned him a few times Jordan Brian Dumbledore. Uh, sorry, Brian Henderson. Henderson. <laughs> Jordan Brian Henderson. Yeah. Uh, so yes, uh, it's yeah, ben, no. Ben's player of choice to mention in, especially in moral situations. I believe. Uh, Absolutely, they've just started a, also a new football team, which is kind of an anti-racism uh, football team. He is. Uh, he didn't top. Uh, Rashford on the giving list. Uh, something that I think we missed. I want to just chuck it in there if that's okay, please, Simon. That Go Rashford topped the, uh, I think it's the Times giving list. Uh, Rashford made 17 million contract and gave away 30 million pounds last year. Wow. Bravo. Bravo, Rashford. Yeah, yeah. That, that boy's done amazing this last year, isn't he, in terms of profile, using his profile for good. Great human. Anyway, let's get back to this. Let's stop, let's stop giving people plaudits. Um, three one. Yeah. So um, Ben mentioned the big three in men's wait, tennis. Wait, wait, wait. You've met, you've you started this segment as as a quiz for me and Ben. He's mopping it, up it's, after it's you. It's at me, isn't it? It is at you. I'm coming at you. <laughs> I know all um, the answers. <laughs> what is? Who are the gentlemen that make up the? so-called big three in tennis nadal djokovic and federer <laughs> oh well done, well done. i used See, to I've play te- a bit of tennis back in the day <laughs> against those players <laughs> well as it happens no probably more like john McEnroe or, or bjorn borg he's old hey. yeah. i was gonna say fred perry um so <laughs> he was playing in the 30s by he way. thinks fred perry's just the t-shirt yeah. manufacturer what a loser uh, not Fred Perry. Um, so, uh, Dan, <laughs> who won the Super Bowl? A football team, American football team. That yeah. one. Yeah. The other one, the one that didn't mm-hmm. lose. The yeah. Patriots. No, that's not what people Patriots. know them as. But that's actually... Did you add another syllable into the Patriots? Hey. into the fonts halfway through that. I have um, no idea who won that bowl of Cocoa Pops. Ben, please inform. It was uh, Mr. Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. There you go. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Also known as the Tampa Bay Patriots. I probably would have given you half a point if I'd been feeling like you were doing (laughs) as well as you're doing. Um, That's what I was going for. I was going a bit of a play on, you know. So going back to the U.S. Masters, as we we were just talking about before, we talked about a a very landmark event in this tournament. and it, it came to do with the nationality of the winner. Um, he was very, very, uh, you know, he was the first player from that country to ever win a major. What country did he come from? Japan. Oh, give that guy a medal. Not a nice medal, but a medal. <laughs> okay. Wow, Next. this is going a lot better than I thought. I should have really have put in a few more hard ones. Um, Next. So, um, what quarterback that we talked about in you know in our earlier episodes is having some pretty bad legal troubles currently? Deshaun Watson. Next, oh, 
Wow. <laughs> wow. I, I, this is this is actually turning into an MLB segment because he's yeah. just batting yeah. these out of the ballpark. <laughs> yeah, there it is. I'm not we're, getting we're living, up our, we're living up to our podcast graphic. Finally. <laughs> so what um we talked about an issue that affected teams that were promoted and did pretty well one season and when they went into the next season they didn't do so well what is that phenomenon called relegation not always we talked about it's actually the title of our second episode oh yeah i remember that it was sheffield united wasn't it we talked about yes god what was that called i don't remember but you're impressed that I remember the team, right? I gave you an, unfor- an unfortunate clue as well during the middle of that. Uh, Ben's screwing his face up. Second season syndrome? There you oh, go. that was it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. See, Ben hardly knew that. That was unfair. So, <laughs> Half a point for Sheffield United. United. No, that wouldn't. That was not. That was just one example of it. Um, <laughs> we talked about the Kentucky Derby recently. Well, um, my erstwhile companion, uh, ended um what uh, was the big controversy that affected the winner uh i don't know i can't remember that one actually but weirdly i have a question about kentucky derby in my sign off today wow in my week ahead How so that? ben <laughs> would you like to fill us in uh i think the horse had been uh tranking itself with some bethametazone or something That's right the horse himself was tranking. yeah yeah the horse the horse was in charge of the whole drug scandal yeah the the How owner use a syringe? Um, it's got hooves for goodness sake uh, the horse was called the horse was the heads. uh i forgot the name of the owner that's what's annoying yeah. me but yeah uh bob but uh, yeah bob <laughs> it was bob, bob. The, bob the ped smasher horse Keeping Man. with the theme that we're currently going, I'm just I'm just plowing on now, guys. Um, we talked do. about a jockey. Uh, it's come up in a bit a bit of a kind of a crush of Ben's. I kind of feel. Um, oh, I cannot remember her name. I don't know. Don't know. Won the Grand National recently. What's Frankie like, Dettori. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember her name. Oh, so not only did she win the Grand National, we also waves. talked about her in yeah. Cheltenham Cup. We also yeah. we we gush about this woman because she's incredible. Uh, Rachel Blackmore. Mm. Is. Rachel Blackmore it's starting to come down a little we're starting to aggress a bit here well, I, think, to, I think you're slightly struggle. impressed still that I knew who yeah, you were talking you about just we haven't gone to Ben's yeah. questions yet yeah um, so uh, we talked about a young um, wide receiver for the um, Seattle Seahawks called DK Metcalf who ran the 100 metres at the Olympic tryouts recently what time did he get to the nearest 10th Dan? Ten point three nine. Oh, give that guy a medal again. Yeah, that's pretty 10. close. Three seven. You were, <laughs> you were very close, my friend. Well, Two thousandth off. That's yeah. the difference between pole and second right. place. That done. Yeah. Well done. That's there good. So I was going to ask you about Fury and Joshua, but we already covered it earlier in the show. So I think that would be a bit too much of a gimme. So I will play boxing. That one. Yes. Yeah. Next. <laughs> Roman Grosjean. 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 Nailed it. Yeah, yeah, pretty much on the We talked about his last podium position. Mm. What race was that at? Belgium. Fuck. I mean, yes, <laughs> yes. Gosh darn it. <laughs> Damn, I made these far too easy. Maybe the Formula yeah. One questions, maybe he does know something about Formula One. <laughs> yeah. He's actually, he's actually uh, 
He's trying to sucker us in. I think feel like when you, you know when you play pool against someone, you think you're going to smash them and they take all your money. I think that's what we're doing. Right, he's sharking well, us right now. I'm a shark. Yeah. Okay. Liverpool player who scored that header against Allison. West Bromwich Albion. Oh. oh, next. <laughs> well, I, you know this is just fantastic. This is just just encouraging that maybe some of this is seeping in. Um, <laughs> Ben talked recently about now the Forbes. All you've done so far is uh, all I'm doing is going through my muted list on Twitter. I've <laughs> <laughs> muted. Go on. So um, Ben recently talked about the Forbes Rich List, and he talked about the most expensive um, franchise currently, um, who I think will have been the most expensive franchise for quite a few years now. Um, what franchise was it? I do not remember, so it's going to be a punt on... Can you tell me, can, if I tell you the sport, can you tell me if it's correct? Uh, yes. Is it a American football? Yes. Uh, fine, let's go. Uh, New England Patriots. Oh my God, is that literally the only team you know? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I'm looking forward to next year's Super Bowl between the New England Patriots and the New England yeah. Patriots. Um, it is the... Oh, actually, Ben, you, you know, it is your, I, your fact. Listen, I've got a good memory. I believe it is the All-American Dallas Cowboys. Mm, America's team, apparently. America's they're, they're team. They're actually nicknamed the Dallas uh, New Patriots. Yeah, so, the Dallas know. New Patriots. So yeah. it's not even in the same order as the New England Patriots. It's in a completely just <laughs> choosing hey, certain I don't words. make the rules. I don't mm. make the rules. Okay, you don't. It's true. Next. And last, we're going to talk about this coming up. Um, it's the Champions League final. Who are the two teams playing in the Champions League final? Ooh, and where are one. they playing? Which country? Good one. Ben, uh, I believe this is, is what um, you gave me, so you're basically slapping yourself on the back right Oh, now. I am. Yeah, no, but these we've talked about this in the, in the last couple two, of shows. two UK teams, right? As Everton. I'm not giving you anything. Ev- I don't know. Everton? <laughs> No, I don't know. It's, it's Everton versus the New England Patriots. Um, <laughs> no, what a wrong. It's the Everton Patriots versus <laughs> the Dallas New Englands. Oh, yes. yeah. No, no, I don't know. Um, who is it? I haven't got a clue. No idea. They're, but they're playing in um, Portugal. Yes, they are. I know There's that much. Stadio Dramao, whatever it's called. And I um, couldn't tell it. Chelsea. Yes, there Chelsea you are. and um... Chelsea and Everton. Apparently, <laughs> what cup is it? What league? Champions League. Champions League. Is that, is that UK? One. Is that a UK league? No, that that is. It tends to sometimes end up that way, but it is actually based on all European sides or qualified European sides. Uh, Chelsea against um, Man City. There you go, you got it. Wow. We can't give you the points because you said Everton, but um, yeah. <laughs> what a random team yeah. to say. <laughs> literally, <laughs> literally 10 minutes earlier on this podcast, I was talking about how Pep Guardiola was excited for Manchester City's uh, uh, Champions League final. <laughs> yeah, anyway. I was busy trying to make the rest of my evening less long by writing the show notes. I wasn't listening to you, Ben. I'm sorry. Busy <laughs> muting me on Twitter. Now it's out. <laughs> All right. Well, I think I did really. I think I passed. So, you smashed you know, it. I'm, I'm, I'm actually, I'm actually very enthused by your performance. 
All right. Well, thank you for that, Simon. That brings us to the end of our selection of meaty and vegan middles for you this week. Don't forget, if you want to get in touch, let us know how you did in that quiz. Did you do as well as I did? Probably not possible. I did pretty great. Um, Or did you do worse? Or do you question some of Simon's tactics of trying to catch me out? Then please do let us know. Um, let's join the class class action lawsuit against him on Twitter at WednesdayPod, on Instagram at WednesdayPod. Don't forget to like, fo- subscribe, follow, find us on Apple Podcasts and comment. Let us know what you want to hear. Tell your friends. Week of sport coming up, gents. As ever, there's so much happening. There's always something happening. Of course, we've we've learned to know that if it's a quiet week, that means there's a boatload of stuff happening. So, Ben, let's start with you. What's kicking off in France? The French Open, the aptly named French Open at Roland Garros. This is a wonderful, beautiful tennis tournament. Uh, one of the four slams of the year. This is obviously uh, played out on clay. Um, very, very excited to see. I've got a, a sneaking suspicion we might see some fireworks. There will be some fans in the stadium as well, which is absolutely um, exciting for us. I know we, we get excited by simple things at the moment, but having fans back is definitely one there, uh, one of them. Can't wait to watch this. Uh, kicking off this weekend, it's a two-week tournament, so I'm sure we'll we'll talk about it again in a uh, another couple of, of weeks. Definitely, uh, and we do like tennis. Ben, keeping it over the border in Italy, talk to us about the Giro. The Giro, Bernal, Egal Bernal, looks like he's going to take on uh, the win in the Giro d'Italia. There's only five stages left, three of which are quite punishing with some 2,000-meter climbs. Uh, very, very, very well done. Um, so it looks like they're going to be uh, taking, he's going to be taking the win there. Um, it's good stuff. Okay. And um, Sai, you, you want to come in there with a few things? I would love to. I would love to come in now, Dan. Um, so we have the Champions League um, coming up. We just talked about it. Uh, just wanted to kind of go over in a little bit more detail. It's happening this Saturday uh, between Man City and Chelsea. Everton, unfortunately, aren't involved in this one, but maybe next year. Oh, no, actually, not next year because they didn't qualify Champions League. So maybe in a few years. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I, I'm hopeful for a really good game. Um but I am also worried that it could end up being a bit of possession. Um, Chelsea were god-awful at the weekend against Aston Villa. Um, City, so good, so slick. You know, the best team in England by a country mile, really. And I think uh, I think we're in for a game that may not be, um, you know, the game we hope it is. I don't want you to think, Ben. What do you think? I think City are going to absolutely tank Chelsea. I think Chelsea's season's run. I think they're tired. I think Manchester City are going to win the Champions League. I think they're going to win the treble, uh, the League Cup treble. Um, and yeah, brilliant. Pep Guardiola side. I, I don't know how Chelsea beat them unless unless Kante does some uh, some Makalele stuff. Cool. Mm. Well, Si, let's stick with you because you you, mm. you want to you want to jump in. You've got something else for us. So uh, going off, coming off, piggyback in the same format. We've got the Europa League coming up even sooner. So that's coming up tomorrow night. Villarreal, um, the only uh, non-English side in the top tour- in the tournament, um, the top two tournaments in Europe um, against Man United. Um, I think this is a little bit more of an open game. I think Man United are still pretty much the favourites. Um, 
you know, Unai Emery go moving on from his, you know, less than ideal spell at Arsenal. Um, we didn't even talk about Arsenal. I'm really interested to see what you think about Arsenal. Um, you know, not making Europe for the first time in 25 years. Is this the death knell of Arsenal? Are they, are they doomed now? Is this the end? Should have kept um, hold of Arsene Wenger, shouldn't they? <laughs> I mean, they're going south quickly, yeah. that football team. Uh, I actually think Villarreal will do the job tomorrow, not because I don't like Man United, but because Maguire, their captain, mm. is out and Manchester United can't defend for shit. And there's a goal scorer called Moreno that Villarreal have who I think will run amok tomorrow. I That could be a good game, a really good neutral game. I think it it, was, it stands to from an kind of like an outside perspective. It stands to be the more likely to be the the more entertaining, more even game of these two. You know, two of the biggest games in European football. So we'll see what uh, see what happens. Um, it's at Gdansk, so a nice little trip for anyone who's able to get over there. But I don't even know if they're allowing any fans to be honest. So um, especially from England. So yeah, we'll see how it goes. But it's it's an interesting situation and. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to these two games. Uh, it's a weird time of year, though, because we've got the Euros as well coming up. Um, so, you know, it literally is not even a break before we go into the Euros. Uh, whereas in previous years, Champions League was the nice kind of conclusion of a season and a, a break from football. We don't have that this year, Ben. We're, we're carrying on all, th- all through the summer. Dan's going to have to listen to our football talk on podcasts for the next few weeks. As a non-football yeah. follower... It, that's what it feels like to us all the time is it's just never ending football so it's weird that it feels like there's a break to a football fan um so from playing balls with your feet to playing with balls with your hands sigh the nba playoffs are carrying on i don't even know if you could see I, I, the camera's up by my face so i don't understand how you've managed <laughs> to see that and um, no so yes uh basketball so the nba playoffs are continuing um and we've had some really really good games so far so um most of the games are one apiece uh apart from i think it's your new york knicks against atlanta hawks unfortunately they went one nil down to the atlanta hawks but yeah it's proving to be quite an even game um the only one that hasn't, I think, is probably the Bucks versus the Heat, which has turned it into a bit of a... The first game was very tight, but the second game was a bit of a drubbing for Miami. And we'll see now if the Bucks travelling over to Miami changes things. But, um, yeah, we always hope, as a neutral, my team's not in there, for some nice even series and some really good basketball. Um, and we've been getting that so far. Um, but we'll, we'll yeah, see if it continues. Yeah, I think the, the books were convincing against the Heat. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was close with with Atlanta. And I mean, a loss is a loss in basketball. Is, you know, it, there's nothing about it, but it's, it's about as close as a game can get. It was two points in it. There's one of just a couple of games that were that close in 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 the first um, first game of round one. So who knows what will happen next? But we've got certainly got a lot more to come in the NBA playoffs. So excitement ahead. Um. So let's let's bring it back to motorsport for a little bit because we don't talk about that enough on this show. I know uh, Simon's nodding away there, um, but before I talk, I want to talk briefly about the uh, the Indy Five Hundred. I mentioned it um, momentarily earlier when referring to the Triple Crown. But Ben, um, news today that the you know we talked about it last week. The Austrian Grand Prix that would have been a double header: the Austrian Grand Prix and the Styrian Grand Prix. It's a little bit in doubt potentially, although maybe not. Yeah, this is uh, breaking news in that I don't know the exact details yet. I'm sure they will 
uh, unravel over the next 48 hours. But yeah, the Austria uh, Formula One race is not necessarily in doubt. Uh, no, scratch that. The Austrian races are directly in doubt because the teams are based in England and there could well be a flight ban between the UK and Austria because of the all giving COVID. So yeah. we don't know what's going to happen with this. They have made exceptions before, i.e. the teams just pay the government. So I don't know if this will affect it or what will happen or if they'll do a COVID bubble, which they did last year. Yeah, and there's there's a lot of unknowns around this. And like you say, um, the, the key word is workarounds here, isn't it? Because flights aren't allowed from the UK direct to Austria. They're not allowed direct. There's a gazillion other airports in between here and Austria that they could go via. A lot of the teams are based elsewhere. A lot of the equipment isn't necessarily all back in the UK yet. We know Bottas's car is because he's having his wheel cut off. Um, there's also parts that have to go out from the factories for the race and things like that. So if something happens in qualifying and a race part needs to be sent out, can that get there in time? So th- there's a lot to be considered. And it just demonstrates just how in flux sport still is because of the ongoing pandemic. And it will be, I think, for another 12 months and probably longer. Uh, if it's only Bottas's car that can be shipped over, then maybe you'll get a race win. Yeah, <laughs> you never know. All right, well, um, so I want to talk about the Indy 500. So this is the IndyCar series. And um, mentioned earlier, the Triple Crown, we've got uh, Monaco in Formula 1, the Indy 500 in IndyCar, uh, which is the Indianapolis uh, Motor Speed at uh, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, the Oval, four corners, just round in a circle, and the Le Mans 24 Hour. So, to, to non motorsports fans, these all sound like really dull events because we talked at length earlier around how dull Monaco can be now. Le Mans goes on for 24 hours solid, and it, the Indy 500 is just a circle, <laughs> essentially. It's an, you know, not not even an oval. It's a square with round corners. I suppose um, it's the best way to describe it. Um, but these are absolute dry, um, absolute behemoths in the motorsport calendar, and and, and most uh, elite racing drivers want to complete that tri- triple crown. So it's a big deal. Indy 500 is a big deal, but it's also a massive track. It's a big track. So this is what I want to talk about. So th- th- this is on Sunday. Uh, it's the 105th running. Uh, it's called the Indy 500 because it's 500 miles, which is 200 laps of the two and a half mile circuit. Right. So it's four corners, four straights, and they go round and round and round for 500 miles. Right. It's a big event. And these are banked corners as well. So the the average speed, I think, in quali- qualifying was like 231 miles an hour around the two and a half miles sir- circuit. So, you know, it's a big event. The drivers love it. The fans love it. But what I want to tell you about is the scale of this track. This track is massive. And what you can fit inside the actual racetrack, inside the speedway, is a surprising amount of things. So I thought I'd talk to you, in uh, Simon, in, in uh, mm-hmm. currency that you know. <laughs> so in, how, in, in Rolls, Rose Bowl stadiums, Ooh. how many Rose Bowl stadiums can you fit inside the Indianapolis Motor Speedway? Have a guess. Two and a half miles in, in, in total length. 20. Okay, Ben. <laughs> so I think the Rose Bowl will be 80,000. I think you can fit 500,000 in, so I'm going to go for six. It's 15. This isn't the crowd. This is actual 
stadium grounds you can fit oh. inside the track with room to spare. So I'll give you some more examples, right? This is the last one. So you can fit all of these things inside, right? So everything I mentioned now, you can fit inside. You can fit in Vatican City and the Yankee Stadium and the White House and Liberty Island and the Taj Mahal and the Roman <laughs> Coliseum and the Rose Bowl Stadium and Kentucky Derby, Churchill Downs. All of That's them you crazy. can fit inside the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. That's basically what they did at Las huge. Vegas. Um, the, <laughs> it's massive. Um, but how many fans? How many fans are going there? I like half a million, I think. I don't wow. know. It's a lot Imagine how much fun that would be. It's big. So... Anyway, that's on this weekend. Starts at five forty-five on Sunday. So um, where I can, I will tune into that because it's it's a surprisingly gripping watch for for watching cars essentially go around in a circle for several hours, um, and, and undoubtedly will be more exciting than Monaco. So there you go. That is it, and that brings us to the end of the week ahead. What a show it's been, gentlemen! Thank you so much for joining me, and thank you so much for listening as well, everybody. Don't forget to get in touch with us on Twitter at WednesdayPod, on Instagram at WednesdayPod, in all your usual places. You can like, comment, and subscribe. Do tell your friends. Until next week, all that's left to say is, I've been Dan, I've been Simon, and I've been Ben. Till next last Wednesday of the week, be kind. Bye bye. Yeah.